Yup Beer, made with all natural ingredients and only $1.85 a can. Available in over 200 locations across Ontario. Visit yupbeer.com to find a store near you. What's going on? It's Josh Elijah to my right, Mike Fulmer, and with our producer, Jesse McKay, a.k.a. Birdman. There he is. What's going on, fellas? Merry Christmas. That's big holiday energy. What's yeah. up, boys? Jeez. How's it going? Or are you so guys good more... you had to do it twice. I had to do <laughs> Buddy, a couple of yups already in. How's it Whoa. going? Um, Just fried. Are you guys more? Are you guys more Merry Christmas? Or are you Seasons Greetings guys? Or are you Seasons Greetings? Who yeah, says that bullshit? Happy holidays. That you sound like sound like a, you know, Seasons Greetings Earthlings. Like it's just, <laughs> it doesn't even sound real. Um, it's it's me. Merry Christmas, or you're just walking straight would, past the person and ignoring them. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm fucking Basically. saying. Um, Anyone that's sensitive about the Merry Christmas, I mean, not to get off on a on a. Hot debate, but fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Someone says Merry Christmas and you don't celebrate that shit, just fuck off. <laughs> yeah. If you ain't Christian, you can fuck off. Uh, yeah. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. Don't don't drag me down the rabbit hole of it. Like, I'm not that uh, educated on it, but it's just Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. It is beginning to feel a lot like Christmas, though. We got we had our first real uh, snowfall here in, so in London, snow. Ontario. You get you get some too, there, Bird. Oh, uh, we got tons. It snowed all day today. Yeah, pretty same. nice, and it actually stuck too, which is nice. Yo, shoveled. I shoveled a, a bit, and makes you want to go find a frozen pond and go You've skate been around a bit. Right? Feel like a man cleaning that driveway too, right? Yeah. Is that your first shovel? Yeah. First shovel of the year. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's big. Back when we Beauty. when we were uh, just got back from Whistler though, and uh, Amanda's old man had to come over and do my job for me while I was gone. So, you know, just <laughs> to make sure it's done right. Robbie, what a guy. <laughs> what a guy. But yeah, no, it's been it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, good to be back here, back from the trip. Everything uh, everything's starting to feel a lot like Christmas. You guys um, have a good trip? Had yeah. a great trip. Yeah. Been meaning had to a great trip. That. I probably am one of the only people to ever go to Whistler and and not um, ski or snowboard or anything and just no. sit at the bar and drink my face off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> sure like everyone does that anyway. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. But I was there for that was all of it for me. <laughs> you put the, did you put the snowsuit on though instead of the bottom of the hill and <laughs> just, do it just to fit it? <laughs> just come waddling in. Just you lay on your snowboard and just go straight down or whatever you whatever yeah. you call it. Uh, yeah, no, good trip though. <laughs> 
good trip though good to be back though good to be back with the boys um speaking of uh of, of christmas and getting uh, holiday gifts and, and treats and what have you uh we we had a we had a bit of a treat on our show uh someone that i've uh, you know been looking to have on for quite some time and uh and was able to work it out uh but we had former outfielder for the toronto blue jays dalton pompey on the show uh a hell of a guy hell of a guy having having him on and getting some uh, really cool stories uh from from his time spent with the jays and uh, you know, seeing what's uh, up next for him on the docket. Fantastic, right? You know what really got me on that interview was uh, obviously when he went back to to the run that they had a few years ago, and we of all we all, literally all just got lost. We're all just staring. Yep. Mel's yeah, Mel's half dropped. All <laughs> I'm gonna have to post directions. that on Instagram. We're all yeah. just completely zoned out, just <laughs> oh, drooling man. everywhere, just reminiscing, uh, right? reliving it, and yeah. then just just still getting those shivers down your spine every talk every time he talks about that game five against Texas back in 2015. It was. Uh, that was the coolest part is he did too, though. He got lost in it. Yeah, reminiscing yeah. too. You really felt Yo, that he was just like crazy, he can feel though. it like it is, yesterday. It is crazy being like a hometown boy, being from Saga, right, and then being able to play for. Canada's team like man it's got to be such a cool experience but really great to have that guy on the show um it, I know obviously baseball really isn't in in season right now obviously uh, but you know the offseason's been very busy um Jay's obviously throwing a big contract over to Jose Barreos and uh love that signing great signing uh we picked up Gosman had to say goodbye to Robbie Ray and Marcus Simeon I can't. I'm not yeah. mad about any of those. I don't know what your take on it is over there, Bird. I'll let you go. Um, I mean, it sucks, but whatever. He wanted a lot of money, right? So, I guess they went with uh, a more proven guy, right? That could have been a flash yeah. in the pan. Like we don't really know. I I like Gosman over Ray, to be honest. I know Ray was was filthy last year, and he pitched in the AL in a tough division, but. Oh, yeah. Both of them come with a little bit of question marks. You don't know who you're going to get sometimes. Gossman over the last couple of years, though, has been in the runnings for Cy Young's on the lower end. And I don't know. I like but his wasn't stuff. It, wasn't ZRA like 280 last yeah, year? Yeah, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I mean, he, and he was an all-star as yeah. well. I think we his got last him couple of years with San Francisco has been really good. Yep. I think we got him at more of a reasonable price tag than you know what what Robbie Ray was was going to be asking for and what he ended up getting with Seattle. Yeah. Um, and then Semyon, obviously, like I I had a feeling that Semyon was was gone. We kind of had that feeling before you know the end of the season even. Um, and you know, thank you so much to Marcus Semyon and, and everything that he gave his team. But for real, Absolutely. I mean, hey, the Rangers going to give you that money? Like y- you got to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh fuck! <laughs> and now they're putting, together, right? they're putting together quite a roster. Yeah, between him and Seager, they spent five hundred million on two players. Oh, oh, oh. that's crazy! <laughs> Big contract, Cream guy over here. Oh man! And who else? Who else did we give money to? Jays picked up someone else, didn't they? No, I'm thinking of my Tigers. My Tigers, brought, uh, yeah, you're, you're, brought in Baez. You brought in Baez. What's the, uh, what's the outlook on the Tigers this uh, this coming year? Uh, what do you think? I think they're still probably a couple of years away, but. I mean, Baez will bring fans to the stands. He's pretty electric. I know he comes with a little bit of baggage. Some people are iffy on him, mm-hmm. think that he's a bit much, a little bit of a showman, but he's so flashy in the field, hits dingers. It's it's definitely a stud that, that the Tigers need. They need some sort of anchor to be able to throw into that lineup, and I think Baez I think it would be a great fit for them, and I, yep. I, I totally like that signing as well. I think uh, all around, like, I mean, I'd give the Jays a bit of a, I give them a B for a, for their, you know, postseason um, or offseason signings uh, when it comes to a report card. I mean, like, it, it would have been nice to be able to retain either Ray um, or Semyon. I would probably, probably would have gone the route of Ray uh, just yeah. to even have him yeah. as that, like, as that lefty as well. 
hundred percent. We have tons of bats already too, right? Mm-hmm. I think the pitching was the biggest weakness. Yes, exactly. Um, but moving moving right along, though, we'll 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 get into we'll get into the interview in a bit. Um, but I just just want to ask you guys, you know, just even with it being the the, the season uh, that it is, what 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 sports related thing that's going on right now really makes you feel Christmas? Like what is what is Christmas to you? Ooh, I got one. Sports? I got a good one. Mike, yeah, but Mike, go first. No, no, no. Let me think while you while you uh, hammer yeah, it home. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I was gonna say the Winter Classic. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know Absolutely. it's not Christmas. It's only a few days later, though. New Year's Day. You know, it's like one p.m. You kick back. You could mm-hmm. either like turn the fireplace on and have a nice little hot cup of cocoa, oh. or. Or Get just straight up crack a crack a brew at that point. Now, you know now we're like, it's never catch too that early. buzz that you had from the night before. Yeah. Now you kind of teed me up. Maybe or... a couple yups, oh, I would say. Yup. Right. Then transition to the whiskey. It turns into whiskey season here. Yes, right. Yeah. With these sniffles yeah. I got, I need a fucking I need a whiskey. Heat Neat. up some heat up some brown for you. Please. <laughs> I, I'm uh to follow up uh the winter classic though. As Christmas uh, comes up, the World Juniors, Juniors is obviously baby. a staple. Yeah, mm. absolutely, man. World like, Juniors is always a treat over the holidays. You usually have some extra yep. days off. It Canada always starts on Boxing Day. It right? does, yeah. yeah. So it's it like it just really keeps that 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 like Christmas cheer over because like as soon as Christmas is done, then you boom, you got the Juniors, and it's just it's fantastic. I yeah. love it. Yep, hockey's right yeah. in the thick of things, so it's definitely hockey season. And then football's winding down. Yeah. Usually that last week in December is I think the end of the regular season. Yeah, I I believe I mean you're going into a bit of January now especially with an extra week, right? Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, I think the last game is around the the ish or something like that. I could be wrong. Uh for me boys, uh I absolutely love Christmas Day cuz you got the, you got the yeah, NBA yeah. Christmas I know what you're going to say. Yeah. There you go. You got and the marquee matchup. Not only that, but I'm introducing jeans. a bit of a segment right now. We're going to do a quick little this or that. We're going to make some picks for Christmas Day. Oh, let's let's see, go. Let's see what we got. Obviously, we don't have any spreads right now, but we got five games. Every year, five games uh, on Christmas Day that are just peppered throughout the day. Start off in, Starting off at noon and making your way down to 10 30 um and you know like teams it's always a coveted day to want to be able to play on christmas day um and, and yep. for me i just i just love spending the entire day just throwing down a couple bucks and uh trying to trying to win a couple points a couple bucks on the spread so um obviously our spreads aren't, aren't available right now so let's just take some picks starting off at the 12 p.m game we've got the hawks against the knicks who do we like Oh, this is nice kind of like a nice little rematch from last uh, yeah, I was going to say they make, they, say. Make these ske- they make these schedules on purpose. That's, oh, uh, yeah, we already talked doing. about this, but uh, for postseason a, few, a little mm-hmm. while ago, right? Um, Absolutely. You guys mm-hmm. love your Knicks. You guys are hard on them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not 100% up to date. I don't think they've kind of been questionable this year. I like the Hawks. The Knicks are 500 right now. 500. And, and, and the Hawks. Yeah. The, but the Hawks have been catching a little bit more. They, they've been hitting their stride a little bit more. Um, yeah, you're right. The Knicks, the Knicks are they've just full on bench Kemba Walker. Uh, he just yeah. signed the man, you know, 20 games in, and now you're now he's just not even in the rotation. It's not so. looking so hot. No, um, I'd probably go with the Hawks. I think they have a more complete basketball team, and they've yep. got Trey Young. Yep. He's the superstar. If you yep. want to, if you want to get all 
all deep about it. They are going on the road on Christmas Day for an early game, so they might get caught off guard. Trey Young loves that MSG. Yeah, he energy, put on though. his show. Yeah, take a bow yourself. Little fucking elf running around. Um, yeah, I'll take the Hawks. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hairy you little you gremlin elf looking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are you taking? Me, I, I, me, I'm Hawks. You're Hawks. Yeah, yeah we're Hawks all around. All yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Five bucks a piece here. Let's go. Oh. <laughs> are we throwing real money on this or what yo we could we could we could put it in the the down by two fund um, yeah we've been <laughs> add it to yeah. our uh our hockey picks from the exactly from the start of the year 230 oh. we got the celtics at the bucks in milwaukee oh i'm going box all the way man that's just that's easy 5 p.m this has got to be one of the crazier matchups, and it's just turned out to be two heavyweights in the Western Conference. Yeah. But you got the Warriors at the Suns. Oh, this will, be the, this will be the one where you, you might want to play a bloodbath right there. Wagers. Yeah. Man, those are just two unstoppable teams. Unless they face each uh, other, then someone's got to lose. The Suns took the first of that matchup. Yeah, what do you do here? Because this is after you lose your first two bets and you come back hard and want to hammer the third game. Ugh. Is Clay going to be back yet? Imagine. Whoa. Just imagine. For Christmas Day? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Double splash, bruh. All of a sudden, we're all the biggest Clay fans. Holy <laughs> <laughs> totally fuck, he's back. Fuck yeah, uh, the headband and everything. Yeah, who Big doesn't stinky love Clay? number two, eh? Big stinky. <laughs> Clay's a man of the people. <laughs> Oh man! Josh says he's a stinky boy. Yo, that's what I've heard. That's what really? I've heard from uh, from people that have you know worked closely with uh, the Warriors organization. Is that Clay <laughs> Clay Thompson smells really bad? Ooh. Yeah, guy's got a bit of a stink to him. He's got that yellow that yellow stain around his. That's pit. such a tough uh, <laughs> reputation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, stinky fuck. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a sweet stroke. So that's a, that means you're going to the sun. Better you're stroke the a bar of soap yeah. sometime. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Steph because yeah. he's been yeah. lighting it up. But I mean, could he? That's a coin flip right mm-hmm. now. The Suns are dominating. Is uh, Booker gonna Who be back the, by then? Yeah, yeah. Who Should won be. the first matchup? Was it the Suns? Suns. Did. Suns yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna go with the Warriors because they're gonna look for uh, look for some revenge. You know, I'll just stir the pot a little bit and I'll uh, I'll, I'll take the Suns. Excellent. Why not? Yeah. yeah. Um, 8 p.m. Got ourselves another marquee matchup. Nets at Lakers in La La Land at Crypto.com Arena. What mm. a fucking name for a new arena, eh? <laughs> yeah. dot com. So poor. Any dot com is tough. Crypt Stadium. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Crypt. Tales from the Crypt. Um, Who are you taking? I got to take the Nets. Lakers are Yeah, fucking... Lakers look like dog shit, man. Lakers are done. They they held their own against uh, the Celtics yesterday, but fucking good for you. It's the Celtics. Yeah. Are you going to take, you're gonna take the know. Nets as well? Yeah, I have to. All right. I'm going to – it's basically you guys against me because I'm, I'm going to take the Lakers because, you know, Braun always shows up on Christmas Day. Always gives you a little Christmas treat. A little show. Man, it's sad. It's sad to see him transition into uh... – into old man LeBron. Yeah, I think he, I think we're finally seeing yeah. that fourth quarter. Like sixty-three percent of his shots are now coming from like uh, mid-range to long-range jumpers, and he's shooting like I think forty percent of his shots are actually threes now. Something something along those lines. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. But I mean, he is he is stroking it from downtown. So oh, um, he's you know, stroking he's, it. He's stroking it. Um, 
So, yeah, I guess it's because he has a few other options that he can go to, and he has Russell Westbrook doing whatever the fuck Russell Westbrook does. And oh, fuck. What AD, a but he is. is kind of left a little bit more open sometimes along the the, the, the three-point arc. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'll take the Lakers. Fuck it. Why not? Then uh, Mavs at Jazz for the 10.30 p.m. This is when Josh is feeling pretty wasty pants at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you already couple lost all your other bets. This is, and, uh, this is pre-online just... poker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Online blackjack. A couple glasses of nog, and I just got it like the stash just around. Fucking blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, just absolutely fried at this point. Yeah. Everyone else is ready for Madden. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just getting going. Um, <laughs> Mavs of Jazz in Utah. Uh, oh, man. Uh, but I go the with jazz. the Jazz just because yeah. they're at home. All right. Fuck you. It's we'll a, go Mavs. It's a there tough arena to play up. in. Mix it up, boys. There it is. Our Christmas our Christmas uh, picks are in. Um, go ahead. Let us know what you think. If you got any other different ideas about uh, any sort of takes on some of the games, I guess probably look at the spreads as they come closer. But uh, yeah, just a little little holiday cheer for you on Christmas Day. Love it. Yeah, man. Beautiful. Uh, um, any any other words that we want to wrap up with before we uh, before we dive right into Dalton? Uh, football wise, one more Michigan won the Big Ten. In the college football playoff now. Yes. They got the Bulldogs. Yes. On New Year's Eve. That's, that's a treat day, too. That's huge. That's huge. Absolutely. Going to definitely have that on the tube. A lot of the Canadian listeners that we got here, though, aren't, uh, aren't exactly hard in their genes about college football. But <laughs> being, did you, being speaking of football, American, did you guys see all that, uh, all that shit that went down the other day with uh, Hamilton and Argos? Yes. Oh yeah, I did that clip yeah. when they're in the stands. What was that about? Were they chirping from the yeah from the, uh, something like I that? Know. I don't know. It just looked like oh, chaos. He did. That guy is lucky he didn't get stomped by the. Oh whole my team. god! Oh, yeah, man. he got off. He got off easy. He just he uh, he just got missed by a massive swing. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. And you know what? I bet that none of the players got in trouble because it's Canada. Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> the officials just like, hey, don't do that, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> oh, that's oh, enough man. of that, boys. Yeah. Hey, enough of that. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that, <laughs> that's that's, that's Canadian good. football for you, I suppose. Um, but yeah, no, uh, like we mentioned, it was uh, it was great to have Dalton Pompey uh, on the show. Um, a hell of a guy, class act, and uh, definitely just a lot of cool stories. Uh, really hope you enjoy. But this is episode 18 of the Down by Two podcast featuring former Jays outfielder Dalton Pompey. Enjoy. All right, 
right, we got another episode coming in down the pipe. Uh, this guest actually on the show, we've been uh, super excited to be able to have him on. As always, uh, we have a former outfielder for the Toronto Blue Jays, Dalton Pompey on the show. Dalton, my man, how you doing? Doing great, man. How are you guys? Good. Very good. Very good. Thanks for asking. We also got uh, our official, unofficial baseball insider calling in all the way from Van City. Uh, it's George Jetson, a.k.a. George Lambracos, a.k.a. Georgie Boy. George A., how you doing, yeah. my man? What's up, boy? There he is. There he is. What up? Yo, it was it was funny because uh, Dalton, George, and I were uh, kind of talking before we ended up booking you and stuff. But we were just uh, we were just uh, flipping through Instagram, and uh, we ran into uh, our friend uh, Carly Scott just through the stories. And then we noticed that you were on Carly's uh, Carly's Instagram story. We we're like, "Yo, we should fucking hit up Dalton. That would be a pretty <laughs> sick guest to have on the show." And then yeah, so we like we shout out to Carly. We know Carly as well. So uh, it was great that we were able to have you on as well. I, I think uh, I think George, uh, you've actually had a run in with Georgie Boy back in the day. Day. yeah i met you a long not a long time ago but it was actually really random we were chatting at um was it downtown automotive i think you were in the fashion show <laughs> oh yeah 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 it was, it was, <laughs> was like 2018 or 19 yeah yeah like yeah it was <laughs> so <laughs> random my buddy was in it and he's like man you should just come do it and i'm like dude i'm not a model i don't know what i'm doing he's <laughs> like all you do is walk down the runway and just don't smile bro just like act serious and i was like all right, so I was doing it, and then there was a part of it when I walked by him, and I couldn't help but laugh. So I thought like, <laughs> it's not in the cards for me to be a model. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good time. Yeah, that event was hilarious. Yeah. So yeah, that was, what was your what was your pitch? You had some. You were telling me about some fucking about some so pitch or something. Obviously, we uh, we had been drinking all night, and I was <laughs> I, I work in sales, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I, my director at the time, she had this vision of creating this like high-end dating application that was like geared to connecting celebrities i probably there's probably a million people trying to do it (laughs) so we were like pitching dalton on we're like man we gotta get you involved in this you'd be great to have on our team (laughs) dalton's like okay he gave us your number too he was about it he's like yo i'm down down to chat like We, we just talked about a ba- little bit about baseball and shit like that, but I, I thought it was so funny. You wake up the next day and you're like, oh, fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> big dreams, big dreams. Oh, man. And everything comes full circle. Right? That's Toronto, That's man. Great. You're ripping around the city, meeting people, running into people. It's... Yeah, everybody everybody kind of knows everybody. It's weird. Yeah, Very man. small. Of course, yo, it's definitely just that sort of bubbles at sometimes. But that that's something I was going to say is that, like, are, are you in Toronto right now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I live in Liberty Village, so I'm kind of like oh, okay, sick. West End, yeah. Right on. That's sick. Yeah. What are some of your favorite places to go? If yeah. you're, uh, you're going to go out on the town or something like that? or I mean, it just depends on the vibe, right? I think it depends on, like, a certain night. I really like to go to, like, laissez-faire locals only. Like, that's pretty chill. Uh, laid back environment. Classic spots. Uh, I'm really good friends with Peter Gurgis, who owns Marble. Like, I like to go there. Um, and then if I really oh. want to, like, go out, out, then I'll probably go to, like, Esquire, which is in Barrow, which is, like, in the back, or uh, gotcha, something gotcha. more, like, low-key. I don't like, like, the big clubs and stuff like that, like the Rebels. I think mm. I feel very claustrophobic and, like, there's yeah, too much going same. on. So I'd rather keep it, like, more intimate if I do go to a spot. Um, there's actually a place... Uh, it's a it's an oyster bar. Went there like two years ago. It's called the Twad. I don't know if you guys heard of it. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. I've I've been. Yo, I it's... went there. I went with my buddy, 
And it was like 1130 at night. And he's, we're showing him to an oyster bar. And I'm like, dude, I don't want oysters right now. Like, bro, just wait. <laughs> well, no aphrodisiacs at 1130 yeah, at night yeah. right now. <laughs> so I'm like, I do like oysters, but I was already drinking. I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to go eat oysters. That's not drunk food. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It doesn't fill you up or nothing. It probably just makes yeah. you feel sick. Yeah. Um, anyway, so he's like, I want to see the champagne room. So they show you the champagne room. It's like pretty cool. Mm-hmm. This girl pulls a lever and like a back door opens. So you go through the back door Ooh. and then like you're in some like hidden bar, like speakeasy bar. Yeah. Yo. But now it's not as like how people know about it now. So it's different. But yeah. Yeah, no. And that's something, man, that I've been saying to my homies here is that like I'm I'm from Toronto, born and raised, like uh, like born in the beaches. So I'm like one of the few like George as well, like born and raised in Toronto. Uh but I just moved out to London now. And as much as like I love living here in London, like there's there's like, a lot of cool shit. Um, I just fucking I miss it's the not food. The same. It's not the same. I miss the food. I miss like the the, the bar culture and everything that there that comes along with Toronto. There's just more options here, you know. Like there's more yeah. stuff to do. Like like I'm sure that you know all my friends from Mississauga when they hit me up, I'm never like, oh, I'm gonna go to Mississauga to see you guys. Like no, you guys are gonna come here. To see me. <laughs> yeah. There's more things to do. Yeah. you know, it's just. I mean, like yeah, square one's fine, but like there's only so yeah, many times exactly. you can go to Earl's, you know, like. Fuck. <laughs> I'm good. But yeah, no, let's let's kick it back. Like let let's dial it back to even when um like uh, coming back to your Mississauga days. Like uh, you're uh, obviously like a hometown favorite as well, and you know that's because you you're hailing from uh, Mississauga, um, GTA area. So it's uh, tell us about like where it all started because you got involved in baseball at a super young age. Yeah, I got involved like at the time when um, I was living in British Columbia, like Coquitlam, and like the two biggest sports there were oh, yeah. soccer and baseball at the time. So I, I did both. Um, I kind of, I started playing when I was like t-ball. I think when I was like three. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, my parents moved around a lot. We moved to, to Mississauga to Brampton. Um, it wasn't always sunshine and rainbows for me. It was kind of like my parents had to go through a lot because, um, with these organizations like the Mississauga Tigers, the majors, like whatever. So, you know, you can't just up and leave. Like if you, if you play for one of these organizations, like when I lived in Brampton, like you can't just say, Oh, I want to go play for Mississauga. Like they're like, no, like you need to get like a release. You need to get all this stuff before you can actually leave. So, oh, wow. you know, I'm me wanting to play on a better team wasn't always in the cards because I couldn't like I couldn't physically leave. So my parents actually had to move us from Branson to Mississauga. And the sole purpose was just for us to play baseball, like because we had to make that commitment commitment because Brampton at the time wouldn't give me my release. Then mm. I had to do that. So my parents sacrificed a lot for like me and my brother. Yeah. To, to play baseball. And obviously to this point in my life, like I appreciate everything that they've done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a long road when I was, I'd, I'd say maybe 12, 13, I was, I was a really great player. And then I kind of hit that lull in the sense that I didn't go through puberty. I, I hit puberty kind of late. Yeah. Uh, so people were starting to pass me physically. Um, I played in Oakville for like, uh, the Oakville Royals travel team. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a lot of opportunities to play there. The coaches really worked with me. Um, and I think that's how, how I got better is I just from the game reps, the game reps, um, and then my last year of high school, uh, I kind of had like a growing spurt. I kind of caught up to everybody. I went to an open trial camp in Waterloo. Gotcha. Uh, um, and I was like one of the better players there. I got put on the national team and then like three months later I got drafted. So it happened very fast for me. Gotcha. Yeah. No kidding. Just from your last year of high school to getting drafted. That's a short span. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, when I got drafted, I mean, it was great. I was, I was planning on going to school. 
um, the school I was going to wasn't great for baseball, but it was good education wise. So like, that's mm-hmm. what my dad always instilled in me. It's like, okay, you're going to go to school. You're going to get your education. But it was the Blue Jays that drafted me. Right. And obviously I got to, I told myself if, if I played four years of professional baseball and it didn't work out, then I would just be like, I'd be content. Cause it'd be like the same as me going to college to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously me being out of state, my parents would have had to pay like twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars a year for me to go there just to play baseball. And like, <laughs> you know, I just, I just didn't want to do that. It just made sense for me, and, and, and I mean, it did work out. So now I'm really interested in the whole draft process as well. So let's let's dial it back there. So again, out of out of high school, let's call it like even your last year as being like your aha moment, where you're like, man, I'm I'm I got a chance, and I'm pretty talented at this. And then you know, um, you know checking out different schools and what have you, but what was that process all the way up until you were actually entered into the draft? And maybe just walk us through what that whole draft experience w- was like, because I'm, I'm pretty sure you, you went pretty late. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like I said, it just, I didn't get exposed to scouts till three months before the draft. So, Oh wow. I was like an unknown like commodity, you know, I got put on the national team and the, and the, the, the biggest purpose for the na- the junior national team when you're in high school is to expose you to scouts mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, uh, college recruits. But it's also to get you um, understanding the lifestyle of a minor league baseball player. Like we go, we travel for 10 days, we play every day, we're on the field from, you know, 10 a.m. to you know, four or five in the afternoon, like kind of like a work day we're, we're understanding what it takes to like, you know, make this your job. So that, that program is super beneficial for that. Um, you, you deal with a lot of scouts and they, they come to the game, they watch you. You don't really enter yourself in the draft. It's not like the NBA where you have to declare yourself. It's kind of like you're, yeah. just, you're just put into it. Um, back then there was 50 rounds of the draft. I know now there's like 20, but mm-hmm. so you, you get a lot of interaction with scouts. They want to, they want to meet you. They come to your house. They talk to you. They they want to know like who you are as a person because they're not just drafting the, the player. They're drafting the person too, right? Um, you meet with a lot of guys. You got to meet with like uh, like uh, I don't know cross checkers, and then you might meet the GM if you're very good. I remember our year like Kellen Deglin was on the team. He got drafted in the first round, so there was always like a lot of scouts in the game. Um, but then yeah, you just yeah. kind of like the leading up to the draft. There's a lot of false promises that are made. There's a lot of, oh, we're going to take you here. Like, you're you're our guy. And then it just doesn't happen. You know, you just kind of have to just be patient. And, and you know, yeah. some guys get drafted sooner than they'd like. And some guys later. Um, it just depends. But uh, it's all about the opportunity at the time, right? Like, even though I was drafted late, they gave me a decent amount of money. And I felt like I was going to have an, at least an, a chance to showcase my skills. If you get drafted, like back in the day in the 40th round and you sign for like $20,000, like, I mean, you're pretty much not going to have an opportunity. Um, so it's just about the right people yeah. liking you. Once, once you get in, it's kind of like you just, it's up to you now, right? You just got to separate yourself. Um, and, and pro sports, I believe that, you know, it's all about the right people liking you. It's about timing. Um, there's a lot of variables that go into it. Um, the situation yeah. of the team, you know, just like some guys get blocked, some guys don't. Um, but that kind of stuff's out of your control. All you can do is play and hope that they give you an opportunity to play every day and you make the most of the opportunity. Yeah, I know that's that's really interesting, and especially you're just talking about being in the right place in the right time, like and and getting eventually drafted by the Blue Jays. I believe that was the 16th round, is what it was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, would you say that you like you were pretty confident knowing that the Blue Jays were actually going to be the team to draft you, or no, or no, it I, just kind of came out of nowhere. I thought it was going to be the Oakland A's or the Milwaukee Brewers. Those, those were the teams that were, you know, always talking to me, um, always kept tabs on me. They they said that they wanted me really bad. 
Um, and then it was kind of like, I didn't even hear from the scout. It was Jamie Lehman at the time. I think he's a cross checker now, but it was, his, mm-hmm. I was like the first guy he ever drafted. So, I mean, I, he told me that and I didn't even think that like, okay, you're going to pick me or you're going to at least call me to say that you're going to pick me. Yeah. But he did. And he said he was kind of like on, on like the table and Alex Anthopoulos asked him who he wanted to pick and he picked me and kind of like the rest is history, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then now you're so so after you got drafted, then you put uh, immediately into I'm assuming the farm system uh, to start with what the Vancouver Canadians or were you into the Bisons? Uh, where did it go from there? No, no, it's a it's a it's a long road back back when I came up in like 2010. Mm-hmm. They had like seven levels. It went like um, GCL golf closely, which was rookie ball. Then they had Bluefield uh, Blue Jays, which was like rookie advanced. It was like your first exposure to like playing in front of fans. When you play in the the complex league, you don't play in front of fans. You just play in like in just in front of scouts and like your teammates. Then it's Vancouver Canadians or gotcha. what it was. Then it was Lansing Lugnuts, which was a ball, and then mm-hmm. Dunedin Blue Jays, high New Hampshire Fish Cats, double A, and then Buffalo's triple A. So gotcha. what happens is I always refer to it as kind of like a reverse funnel, right? You get there. And I remember my first day getting drafted, we all had like a meeting and everybody's excited, whatever. And of one course. of the coaches was like super realistic. He's like, man, like of the 40 or 50 guys in this room, we'd be happy if two of you got to the big leagues. We'd be happy. And like Damn. that was kind of like the yeah. most, like that was the eye-opening moment for like most of us thinking, okay, yeah, it's super exciting that we're here, but like that's how hard it is to get to the big leagues, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah, looking back, looking back, we had a couple guys. It was like me, um, Sam Dyson, who about to hit yep. and off of. He was drafted by us. Aaron Sanchez, Noah Syndergaard, yeah. Dick McGuire made it. So like there was like there was a few of us, but. Um, like I said, it's a kind of a reverse funnel. You get all these guys at these lower levels, and then you got to be basically the best person at every level to get called up to the next level, and then the next level, right? And yeah. it takes years. It takes years. It took took me quicker than most guys. I was there. I got up in four years, but some guys mm. seven, some guys two. It just depends on your how you play and and what their plan is for you, I guess. But it's hard. Yeah, no, that that is crazy, and it's it's funny how you say like you get in, there's forty or fifty of you guys that are everyone's just pumped. He's like, ah, oh, cheers, cheers, fucking, you know, this is our new team. And then uh, the coaches, or the managers, being super realistic with you. And now all of a sudden, you just realize that you're in direct competition with literally everyone in that room. Yeah, and and guys from other teams too. Like once you once you kind of get to AAA, you kind of see that it's just such a revolving door. And and uh, I remember hearing. Um, like when I got to double A that it was, it's, it's hard to get to the big leagues, but it's harder to stay there. And I think now more than ever, you see that with like, especially with pitchers and, you know, guys will throw one day and then they're sent to triple A the next, you know, because they can't be used for two days. So why are we going to keep this guy here? If he's just going to sit on the bench, you know, Um, I feel like, you know, talking back in the day with some of the older guys, it wasn't as like that as much, but um, there's a lot of analytic analytics that go into it now. And like a lot of turnover, there's less, rounds in the draft there's less minor league teams and it's just there's there's a lot going on right now that's different than from what i'm used to but uh, it's it's tough man it's tough well, it's even like when we had uh, David Ardsma on the shows, uh, you know, former pitcher that was, you know, drafted into the league back in, I believe, like the early 2000s and even spent time with the Blue Jays. Even yeah, player I, know, I remember him, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, dude, sick guy. Uh, but he, uh, even just from when he was in the league compared to like just the, the the journey that you just told me now is completely different and that's only about a decade apart, so. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, and it's only going to get crazier, honestly. I, I, I truly believe that. But, yeah. you know, a guy like Ardsma, he was good at what he did and he got a, he got a lot of opportunities from that. And I, mean, yeah. I think I played with him for 
for a bit in Buffalo in like 2016. I don't know. Is he still with the? Was he? Is he still with the Blue Jays? I know he was working with them for a bit. He yeah, he was working in player development. Um, he's actually just back uh, back at home now. I believe he's in Arizona working um, on his um, you know his own uh, player development um, system that he has down there. So um, yeah, man, let him know what you said. What's up? Uh, but yeah, um, obviously like gonna happen at one point like like we're gonna t- i want to hear all about like some of like the major pinnacle uh moments in, in your career just whether or not it's with the jays or or even just leading up to it but uh we're, we're gonna have to get to that 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 one series against the texas rangers back in 2015 obviously the seventh inning was just bananas like i won't like i, I was talking to our producer birdman earlier today and we just rewatched it and we're like damn it just gives you just chills kills every time you watch it but every time but like let's let's talk about it from this the series as a whole then leading up into that that pivotal inning mm, yeah so obviously like being there and you know being on the bench and being around all these great players that um you know we we i remember being there close to the end of the season and pretty much every game it was like it was our game to lose. Like, that's the type of confidence this team had. And was, I remember being at those games, too. Yeah, right? it and it was just like, we go into any game, and we're like, we're going to win. Like, if we don't win, it's because we did something wrong. Like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> we were that good of a team. You know, it didn't matter who was pitching. We had all, we had, like, some of the best hitters in the league. Like, I mean, you go up and down that lineup, it was nuts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember, like, when we lost the first two games, Right against Texas, right? I remember going on the plane. We had like an off day that next day, and we kind of had like a team meeting. So some of the guys like Tulo and uh, Bautista and Donaldson, you know, they sat us all down and just kind of like went over like what happened and what what they what they pointed out was that they felt like guys were trying to do too much. Like guys were trying to hit eight run home runs when there was nobody on base. You know what I mean? Like yep. just trying <laughs> yeah. to be the hero when you don't need to be the hero. They'd be like, okay, like Donald said, what are you good at? He's like, well, I bang. He's like, well, just do it then. Do what you do. Donald said, what do you do? I don't know. I'd come off the bench and, you know, run and do whatever. He's like, then when you get that opportunity, do that. If everybody does what they're supposed to do, we can win, you know? And then went to Texas, obviously, you know, tied the series up. Um, and then leading up to that, that game yeah. five game, um, you know, I'll never forget the the energy that I felt in the stadium. Like people weren't sitting down. I just remember people standing up from like pitch one, and nobody was standing up. Uh, nobody was sitting down. Every pitch mattered. It was so loud. Anytime even somebody hit a flyout, it was like the loudest thing you've ever heard in your life. Yeah, and uh, foul balls and everything. Everything, everything yeah. with the towels, crazy. Um, and then in the like the seventh inning. Um, before that, I kind of like some of us bench players, like we go down and like warm up, whether you, you know, take practice swings or I was in the weight room watching. So I wasn't actually on the field at that point, but I was watching. And I just remember like the moment when, uh, Russell threw the ball and hit the bat and, you know, and nobody knew the rule. Nobody knew the rule. Nobody knew what happened. Nobody. Yeah. We were just like, what? Like, how is he able to score? It's like a live ball. No, none of us have ever seen that in our whole careers. Like even in amateur, like you don't see somebody do that. Right. And oh man, like I remember thinking, I was like, man, if, if we lose this game because of that, like this place is going to riot. People are already going <laughs> to going to be terrible. Like it's yeah. gonna be terrible. pandemonium. And then, uh, um, uh, the uh, seventh inning starts for us, uh, up to bat. And like, you just seeing Elvis, like make these errors and you're just like, 
my our first thought is like yeah not Andrews, the fact yeah. that he's making the errors we're thinking like this is the baseball gods like giving us a chance like this is our chance now because they know that we should be yeah. because of that and then uh yeah so i was like warming up and then um i think there was a pitch that went by goins was hitting and then he's like people were screaming my name i was like down in the tunnel they're like, where's Pop? Where's Pop? He's like, he's got to go run. I'm like, man, I was like eating chips or whatever, man. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> right there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, once I got, once I stepped foot on the field, once you step foot on the field, like, you're instantly warm. You don't even, I didn't even need to stretch. Like, I was just, yeah. the energy and the, the adrenaline that you feel uh, was something I don't think I'll ever feel again in my life, honestly. But, yeah, I was just about to say that. I don't know if you'll ever experience that again. That's no, crazy. No, no, Like, that's, like, the epitome. Like, that's, like, the top of, like, adrenaline that you could feel. I would yeah. love to, like, track, like, you know, your beats per minute and, like, how you feel, what your body's, like, chemically doing. Right. Nuts. My heart rate's up thinking about it right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. that place was so electric. I can only yeah. imagine. Yeah. Especially being a hometown guy. Like, yeah. oh, It was crazy. And then, you know, out, like, the, the bun at Third, Elvis drops the ball. I slide, take out the catcher. The ball that Donaldson hit, that ball should have been caught too. Like if if you look back, you ask any infielder, they're saying you just turn and run back to get it. I don't know why he backpedaled, but obviously yeah. it worked out for us. And then you know Bautista hitting the home run off a 97 mile hour sinker down in doesn't make sense to me to this day, but. He yeah, stepped no in the kidding. bucket. It's almost like he knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. Like it was, it was insane. And when I remember when he hit the ball, before he hit the ball, um, I was standing next to Josh Tolley on the bench and he's like, man, if bats, it's all run here. This place is going to come down. Uh, and he hit that <laughs> ball. And I just remember looking at it and you just know like the, the trajectory and you just, we just started going nuts on the field. Yeah. Um, I know that some of my um, buddies who play on TFC, they were saying that they could hear the stadium from, the field because they had a playoff game themselves and they didn't understand where the noise was coming from. It was just loud noise and the wow. dome was closed. So the yeah, fact that no it was in the air. That's a decent, that's that's a decent so distance away. If you watch yeah. the footage back, you, the, the cameras are like shaking yeah, up and down. Are it's like an earthquake. Yeah. It was an earthquake. Yeah. Legitimately. That was crazy. The whole sick. city jumped at that moment. Oh, the place Josh and I worked at, like uh, just the Boston a, a Pizza, bar. just across the road. Yeah, yeah, it, dude. People were like flipping tables and like standing on the bar, like going crazy. The cool oh, thing about playing in Toronto for for the Blue Jays or like the Raptors is that people were going that crazy, but people were going crazy like that all over the country. Like people were mm. sending me videos yeah. from Vancouver. Yeah. I know people from Saskatchewan, New Brunswick, and they were sending me videos of people in the bar doing the exact same thing. And that's what makes it cool playing for oh. Toronto is that knowing that, right? Yeah, that entire country, that country unity. Love yeah. That. yeah, yeah, that's insane. Yeah, no, it was. I remember just I, I, I'd finished working just an insane shift behind the bar at that Boston Pizza, and I sat down with just a couple of the managers or whatever. But one of them was like, like a top dog, like district manager that was like oversaw like all, a bunch of the locations throughout the nation. And I'm sitting with this guy, we're just chatting back and forth, and then Joey bats it like he he does that, he has that home run and the bat flip and everything. This guy literally turned around and just kissed me like. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, fucking like HR flag or something. <laughs> You're my boss, dude. But all right, fuck it, let's go. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was hilarious. But man, it was just, uh, it was just an incredible moment. And like, even just watching it, like every now and then when it comes up, it's just, it makes the hairs on your neck stand up. It's a timeless yeah, it moment. It does because because you kind of like for me, I just. Or for anybody that was at least there or watching, like they know where they were when they were watching. It was like one of those moments, you know, it was kind of like, 
I guess when the Raptors probably won too, a lot of people felt that way. Like you just know where you were in that moment of time. And that's yeah. really cool. It's it's crazy because you can't compare it to, I mean, like obviously you're going to compare that to Joe Carter hitting that home run as well, um, you know, with the touch them all Joe call and whatnot. But it's definitely like the Kawhi shot is right there with it, where yeah. it's like one of the timeless things uh, or timeless moments in, in Canadian sports history. Right, right. And especially like when you think about the how it led up to that moment, you know, if he just hit mm-hmm. that home run, it would be cool. But like the fact that we were losing all the errors and the fact that we came back and hit that ball. Like it, was, mm-hmm. it was nuts. But I always tell him, like, when I talk to him every now and then, I'm like, dude, like, you're like a legend here. Bro. Everybody loves you. Like, yeah. you come back and, like, do whatever you want and nobody cares, bro. Because you're Joey Batch. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. you're just that dude. And you did the bat flip and he didn't even, like, when, you asked, when I asked him, I'm like, do you even know what you did? He's like, no, bro, I just hit it and I just threw the bat. <laughs> I just threw the bat. He's just like, I just threw it. Chuck it. Like, 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 Fuck out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would have did the same thing. Yeah, no, no shit. Hundred <laughs> percent. Man, that is crazy. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, yeah, that's definitely going to go down as one of the crazier moments. But like, would you? There, there's a couple other. There's a couple other moments that have got to stand out for you as well. Like, I remember when you stole a couple bases as well against uh, in the playoffs as well. Was it not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was um, uh, game six against Kansas City. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was kind of like uh, the, the same type of energy, but like if the reverse happened, like when people go quiet because things are happening, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> just like uh, us losing that game. And we were so confident that if we won that game, we would have won because Stroman was pitching so well that we mm-hmm. felt like if he would have gave us a chance to, to pitch that day, we probably would have went to the World Series. And, you know, to play, uh, who was it, the Mets that year? I mean, they were definitely beatable. Like, they oh, were, yeah. there was nothing special about them. So... I mean that one definitely hurt. Um, yeah. If if you ask me where we lost that series, I think it came down to that game that David Price pitched and the ball dropped between Goins and Bautista and the floodgates kind of opened. Um, I think that when you're taught, when you're taught, um, you know, coming up, uh, it's all about communication, but it's about watching the other fielder because it gets so loud. You can't prepare for moments like that until you're actually in them because you can't simulate that type of noise right like when the ball goes up you can't even hear yourself think type of thing mm-hmm. so the ball goes up and uh you know bautista looking down because he's watching goins and goins is camped you know and mm-hmm. once the, once the infielders camped even if he doesn't wave you off even if he does you just kind of look at him and you stop because you're not going to run into the back of him. And then I guess Goins said he heard him say, I got it. And then it just, you know, it felt. But it is what it is. Um, yeah. But, yeah, in game six, it was crazy because, um, you know, there was a couple of big plays that happened. There was, like, the rain delay. You know, mm-hmm. they scored the run. I know, like, I think Russell had, like, maybe one hit that series. And uh, they had told me before, they're like, if Russell or Smoke gets on or whatever, or I think Goins or anybody, they're like, if you, he gets on, you're going to run for him. And I just remember, like, touching Russell's bat. I'm like, bro, I'm not I'm not hitting, but I'm giving you all my hits, bro. Like, you can have them. We need it. We need it. And I think it's <laughs> the first pitch and got a blooper. And I'm, yeah. I'm, in the, I'm in the weight room watching because I'm staying ready to run if I need to. Of course. And the weight room is kind of, like, right underneath, like, right behind the dugout. You can't see in Kansas City, but it's close. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't prepared for him to swing at the first pitch. Swing at the first pitch. And I'm like watching the ball. As soon as I see that drop, I just ran out onto the field because I knew how they were going to call me, go out onto the field. Um, yeah. Kind of similar, similar feeling with the energy, but it's just different with the dome. I think when there's a dome, 
it's yeah. just everything's just covered and it's just like internal like the it was still loud but it was different um of course. And it's almost like uh, opposite adrenaline of what, you know, having your home yeah. crowd that goes go crazy for you. But then it's got to be like that same sort of like crazy energy and adrenaline's running through your body. Uh, just being able to silence the crowd kind of. Almost, yeah, yeah. But you can't, though. You, you can't. It just the, the feeling that you describe that I describe it as is like it's kind of like a blackout moment. Like I remember going out onto the field uh like tim leapers telling me because i was doing studying these guys anyways and like wade davis was pitching and he's like oh let's kind of feel this guy out or whatever i'm like no dude i'm running first pit i can't sit here and you guys know how to feel and let that anxiety build inside of myself yeah, yeah. i'm just like okay if i get a good job i'm just gonna go and what i tell people is in that moment i've never felt it before either it was like all i could hear was my footsteps i couldn't hear anything else i could only see the bag and it was just like that three second, four second period. It was just kind of like I was like out of my body experience. Like it was just like only my footsteps like out of a movie. It's crazy. You can't see yeah. But I just remember signs the base and I was, you know, jacked up or whatever. Um, and then, you know, once I got the second, my nerves kind of calmed down a bit. Mm. And they they give me signs, right? They'd give me signs like red light, green light. They had to put the red light on because I was already in the scoring position. Um, mm. but he kept doing the same thing, kept looking at me and throwing like pitching, looking at me and pitching. Yeah. So I one at one point I decided to literally put my career on the line and say, <laughs> I'm going to steal third base. Cause if I steal third base, I can score easier from third base on error, sack fly. There's more options than just the hit. Of course. So same thing happened. He wow. Head. I run on a red light. I ball bounces. I'm safe. I'm like, there's a moment like I'm on my knees because I'm so nervous. Like I just like when I yeah, yeah it's a ballsy decision. Yeah, ballsy fucking decision. When I slid in the third, like the dirt that I had on my hands wasn't like I couldn't rub it off because it's like the sweat that had built up. It was like mud in my hands. It was crazy. <laughs> it was, that's how nervous oh, I was. Holy fuck! Yeah, I make it on a red I'm, light. I'm thinking like, okay, I'm gonna score. We got. Goins coming up. We got Revere and we got Dongson, and I'm like, yeah. okay, two of these guys can bunt, like, or whatever. At least put the ball in play. Yeah. I still, to this day, I think that you know the the way that Goins could handle the the bat that it was a perfect opportunity to try a squeeze. I mean, we work it on, we work on it every day, anyways. You know, mm-hmm. like why why not? But I understand him putting in the borrow too at the time because he's he was a good bat to ball hitter, so. Yeah, but you have to understand, like these guys are closers. Like closers are hard to hit. Like yeah, they're, they're yeah. closers for a reason. So that was a filthy bullpen too. Back yeah, 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 yeah. That, Herrera, that, like one of the best Davis ever. And, yeah, and Holland, it was nuts, man. Yeah, but yeah, no. I didn't end up scoring, and it was just kind of like, you know, what happened, and like you could you could look back at one moment and like the bad calling into to Revere and stuff, but. I mean, it goes back farther than that. Like I said, I think there's other times that we had opportunities to to do better than we did, but we just didn't execute, and that's part of the game. So, yeah. And you know, it, it does come down to that sometimes. But like again, because I I've, I personally thought it was a pretty evenly matched up series at at certain points as well. Like all games were pretty close, and you know, it's just it just came down to execution at that some point. And then you mentioned like that turning point with the with the blue ball that um that didn't get caught. You know, that's just the way that the cookie crumbles sometimes. Mm-hmm. It was nice. It was nice for them to have like like one of the best back ends of the bullpens ever. You know, just all you have to do is get oh, your starter through five six innings, and then it's a wrap. Like it's yeah. just. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, it's hard to score against teams like that, right? When their bullpen's so locked down like that. 
Um, so it just comes down to small ball and like executing when you can, because I mean, in the playoffs, it's more, it's more pitching battles. It's, it's less about the hitting. It's more about, um, you know, executing, moving guys over, scoring them when there's third base, less than two outs, stuff like yeah. that. That stuff makes a difference. Yep. Absolutely. Yo, how was, um, how was playing for John Gibbons? Was Gibby, did Gibby really let the team kind of play itself or? Did he have much influence on the team decision making, <laughs> or did he kind of just sit back and chill, like how we kind of saw? You know, just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. feet up a, on the desk. Yeah, he was always a he was a veterans manager. He was he was. Um, uh, I love Gibby. He was so laid back. He was somebody you could always talk to about things. Um, but as younger players, it was it was tougher to play for him because um, when you are a veteran player, for example, he let you do your thing. You've been around. You know what to do. Um, you know I. A lot of us had routines leading up to when we started playing in the big leagues, uh, the beginning of our careers. Like I remember like me, Devin Travis, like Pilar a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they always, he always had us out there for early work every day. And I got to the point in my mind, I was like, man, like, do you not believe that we're good enough to be here if we are doing early work every day? Like, I feel like I, I didn't feel like he had the confidence in us that, you know, most managers would. Um, and I, and I can't say no, right? Like it's my first, whatever second, I can't say no. Like I got to earn your stripes. Yeah, exactly. But I felt like at times I was so exhausted before the game that like I had low energy during the game. And I, you know, I tried to explain that to him one day and he's like, Oh, so you don't want to do it. I'm like, it's not that I don't want to do it. I just don't think it's beneficial for me to do it every day, you know? And I think that he kind of got mad at me for that. And, um, there was, there's at times where I felt, I don't know, like, he just didn't believe in me as much as some other people did. And like, you know, other guys felt it too. Uh, we kind of talked amongst ourselves and whatever, but once you yeah. earned his trust, then you had, it. you know, it's just very hard for you to get it. But once you got it, you had it forever. So, um, he like, what you guys see on TV is basically who he is for the most part, <laughs> you know, just yeah. laid back, chill, just like never looks like, you know, anything bothers him. Or man of the people almost. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Fall asleep. Yeah. Sure. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you Maybe obviously a did end up on the weekend. Yeah, definitely a couple soda pops for sure. But uh, yeah, you obviously earned his trust as well. He's able to put you in some pretty critical moments as well, especially in some some insane games. So yeah, um, so that's that's pretty cool. Um, I would say. I guess we mentioned, you know, that you talk to Jose Batista still and you stay in touch with them. And, you know, that that whole squad, like, I I know that we, we all love baseball here, but we all remember, like, everyone on that, like, you go up and down that lineup. I can probably recite it for you right now. But who are some of maybe those, some of the more fun players or some of the, some of your homies within that dugout? And who are some of the people that you uh, still keep in touch with today that are from that squad? Um. I say everybody was cool. Um, you know, David Price at the time was like in 2015 because he was only there that year, but he was yeah. kind of like the glue to the team. He was the guy that was trying to unite uh, the older guys with the younger guys. He always treated people the same. He always, yeah. Yeah, it didn't matter if you were there for one day in the big leagues or there for 10 years. It didn't matter at all. You were the same guy in his eyes. And that's why a lot of us loved him because he was that glue to the team. And, you know, there was a time where we had an off day in Atlanta and he paid for us to go to, um, you know, the, the football game, Monday night football game. He got a box and like invited all the guys out. And, you know, even if you had a family, it was kind of like, he just said, okay, you know what, at home, be with your family. But if we go on the road, like you need to hang out with the boys. Like you need to like, we need to like gel as a team. So he was always that guy. 
Uh, Tulo was a guy that a lot of guys leaned on too, just for like advice. Somebody you could just talk to and just like, he'll shoot you straight. You know, he'll tell you his honest opinion. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, he was like one of the, the quieter leaders of the team. Mm-hmm. Altiza was kind of like a, he was quiet, but he was like lead by example. Same with Edwin. Uh, Donald yeah. was kind of like in his own world, doing his own thing. But, uh, he was yeah. so as a player that, you know, just like, we were just like, whatever, you know, just be you, bro. Be yeah. you and you're, we're going to, we're going to win. So, um, and then like, it's weird though. In baseball, like a lot of times the position players only really hang out with the position players, like pitchers hang out with the pitchers because you just with them all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I really gelled with, um, like Devin, Devin Travis was there. Uh, I hung out with Aaron Sanchez a lot too. Uh, right. Cause we were in like the same draft and I've no, I knew him for like 10 years or whatever. So exactly. And he's still, he's still a guy I talked to. He lives mm-hmm. in Palm Harbor, which is kind of close to Dunedin still. Right on. Devin's in Palm beach. My brother lives in ba- Palm beach. So I yeah. see him every now and then. Um, I talk to the guys, you know, it just kind of in passing and Instagram, whatever they might post something. I say, what's up, whatever. Of course. Um, but yeah, just kind of like, that's, that's the one thing that everybody misses. A lot of guys don't really miss playing as much as they miss just like the camaraderie and being around the guys and the environments and, you know, that part of it. Like nobody likes striking out going over four, you know, in a game, nobody likes, you know, dropping a, a fly ball in a game. Like, like that stuff happens, but that's not the stuff you look forward to. You look forward to like the, the times, like, you know, the game fives or, the times are just after the game celebrating with your, with your teammates and just like, there's so much joy and happiness and seeing people so happy all the time, just to like, you know, see you talk to you and like the energy that people give to you. It's very contagious and you miss that. Right. Cause you, yeah. a lot of us can't replicate that in, in like regular life. Right. No, absolutely. And like you talk about some of that veteran presence that you have, like with Tulo and David Price, and that's absolutely that's fantastic to hear because we you know as fans we already we already love those players, but to be able to hear that, like that is that is fantastic. And then also other players as well, like you talk about Travis and and you know uh, it's 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 great to hear like the, you know that these guys are all like all solid dudes, just like yourself as well. And it's 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 awesome to be able to hear about that team camaraderie and and uh, just really be able to appreciate these players on a different level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's different, right? Right when you're around them all the time. And I was that kid once too. And like, I used to look up to these guys like they were like gods in a way, you know, these guys mm-hmm. are I want to be. And like, I just, you know, thought they were superheroes, but just regular people, you know, just it's, it's different being there and like you talk to people outside and just like, they're like, oh, like, man, like you get to hang out with Donaldson. Like, what's that like? I'm like, dude, you're just chilling, bro. Like, you know, you yeah. Just, just, people forget sometimes that you're just normal human fucking beans. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but like <laughs> people don't see that they, they, the media, you know, sometimes the big yeah. guys to be, uh, these, these bigger images than they actually are. Mm-hmm. They're just regular dudes, you know, they're just really good at what they do. So we're all just human beings. We are at the end of the day, right? Once you take uniform off, you're just a person. So, that's what I try to tell people. Uh, with the uniform on, we could be whatever you want. We could be these athletes, but when it's off, like treat us like normal people. Yeah. Well, you talk about some of these people that are even sometimes larger than life. Um, but like even growing up, would you? Who are some of those people that you looked up to? Like who are some of those um, players that you you know idolize or even inspiration to even get into baseball, which is very tough to get in to get into professionally as a as a Canadian. Even so, I mean, uh, who who are some of those players that you would look up to? Yeah, I mean, there was a couple, right? Like, my dad really loved the Yankees growing up, so I liked A-Rod, Derek Jeter, uh, Bernie Williams, Jorge Posada. Like, I pretty much named the whole team just because, like, when they played in Toronto, tried to go 
Um, yeah. And then uh, guys on like the Jays, like Vernon Wells was definitely one. Um, mm-hmm. Shannon Stewart, Alex Rios, Orlando Hudson. I actually oh, when I signed with the, uh, Arizona in 2020. Uh, 2020 um, yeah. He was there as like a special assistant or something. Oh, man. He had given me his batting gloves when I was a kid, and I still have them to this day. Mm-hmm. And obviously, he doesn't remember because a lot of times we don't. But I just tell him, like, yo, what you do, what you did, like, benefited my life, you know? Like, the part of the reason yeah. why I wanted to be a great switch hitter was because he was a great switch hitter, you know? And it's, like, the little things that you do so that when I was in that position, I always thought to myself, like, I can't, like, neglect these kids. Like, some athletes, they just don't like to sign autographs for whatever reason because, you know, some fans, some adults, like, I still don't understand why, like, a six-year-old wants my autograph and he wants me to sign 10 of them. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, if a kid seekers. comes up to you, if a kid yeah. comes up to you, like, man, even if you ask the kid his name and how he's doing, it takes 10 seconds of your time, but they remember it forever. Like, I remember it forever. So, uh, it's crazy. And, and those are the moments that I cherish. And I got to meet some of these guys later on. I got to meet Vernon and stuff. And I still look up to them this day. You know, I still, I'm still that kid at heart. And I still remember what they did for me. And, um, those are the memories that I'll, I'll never forget. Those are uh, those are some some studs to be able to remember from from the Blue Jays as well, and those are those are the years that you know we all grew up you know watching watching the club and loving loving the Jays through and through. So I mean that that is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I remember the one of my one of my greatest moments that I'll I'll never forget was I got my first start at Yankee Stadium, and I just remember obviously my dad he's such a huge Yankees fan, and and being able to play be one of the proudest moments. Yeah, and just like I remember looking yeah. out, I was I was hitting and I was looking out on the field and I could see Derek Jeter and I could see you know A Rod and Ichiro was in right field and like Fuck. dude, these are guys that I like play video games. With. I would never even think yeah. that I'd be on the same field. That is so oh, nuts. It's, it's, that's you're like so cool. Reliving, reliving yeah, thing. It's just like words can't describe it. You know, like Mark Teixeira, like. Brian McCann saying what oh. up to me and he knows my name. I'm like, bro, what the hell is going on? Like, what the beginning of the season in high A's sweat my bag off and now I'm like, yeah. damn, it doesn't make sense, you know. But um just like taking a step back and like they say like, you know, it's it, like smelling the roses or like you see guys and like, you know, I remember Edwin did a lot. He'd smell the bat after he'd fall it off. He's like, I want to remember that smell because one day I'll never get to smell that again. You know, just like <sighs> it's what keeps you in the moment and like yeah. keeps you just enjoying your time while, while it's there. Man, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about, um, you know, uh, signing a ticket with um, with the Diamondbacks and then uh, even 2021 uh, with the Angels organization as well. Uh, let us know what's what's going on. Uh, what's what's on the docket right now for Dalton? Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty open to to whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I started to, you know, t- back in 2020 after, you know, I signed with Arizona and then COVID happened and then yeah. I got released because of COVID and Tough it was times. just like a whirlwind of a year. Like it was just a lot going on. Okay. Um, after that point, I kind of just started to prepare myself for life after baseball because at that point I kind of felt like, man, you never know what any of it's going to end for any of us at this point because everything's just so up in the air. Um, so I started doing stuff in like, um, some real estate stuff. Um, Mm. I'm trying to get into like private lending as well. Um, just using the money that I did make to like, you know, obviously make more money. I'm, I'm getting into crypto too. I'm a really big believer in crypto after doing my research on it and stuff. Um, but yeah, so I played with the angels this summer. Um, they sent me to double a for a bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, they sent me to triple a for a bit too. Uh, but at the end of the day, like what happened to me 
in the sense that I was kind of misled with the opportunity that I was going to get. I was so happy to have a uniform on, but I kind of like when they, they did release me like end of August. And the reason that they gave me was because they, they wanted a younger guy to play. And, um, the guy was like mm-hmm. six months younger than me. Like that doesn't make sense. You know, like if it's for another reason, like, that? honest with me, you know, and that's yeah. the one thing that pro sports lacks. is just honesty and people having integrity, right? Like they're trying to have their protect their own jobs. But at the end of the day, we just want to just, we don't want to be lied to, like, just be honest. Right. Like that's all we ask. Um, yeah. and you know, that kind of, it didn't turn me off, but it just, it just hurts. Right. You just don't understand why. And that was kind of like the moment where I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to just focus on the rest of my life and you'll see if this off season, if I get another opportunity, like I'm going to go to Florida, uh, middle of next month, I'm still going to do baseball stuff. I'm going to work out with my brother. Who's a your brother. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, he's still with the Marlins in the Marlins. Mm-hmm. So, you know, somebody I can work out with. And then, you know, if it's not in the cards, not in the cards, but I still want to be ready if that phone does ring because it, it happens very quickly. Like when I signed with the angels, it just kind of happened out of the blue. And then I was there like a week later. So, um, you know, I'd, I'd rather be ready. So I don't have to get ready. If that makes sense. No, that, that makes total sense. That really does. Any thoughts on, you know, just this last year with, with, uh, with the regular season wrapping up and, and, uh, you know, things are now starting to move a little bit in the off season. Um, uh, any, any thoughts on, on, uh, how that sort of shaped up? Uh, I mean, I'm kind of just going through my agent with regards to that. Yeah. Um, just, you know, it's like I said before, it's a lot harder now because they cut minor league teams and, mm-hmm. uh, there's less rounds in the draft, but there's still studying a lot of free agents, a lot of guys, like there's kind of like a priority thing with, you know, guys who have more experience just in case guys get hurt. And then you got yeah. some prospects. There's so much stuff going on. In such a lot of factors. Door. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of open to whatever. Uh, some people have asked me if I wanted to work in baseball and I said, I don't know yet. I think that it's like too soon if I wanted to do that because mm-hmm. I don't know, like the emotions and the feelings would still be there. Um, yeah. But later on, I feel like, you know, I've had a lot of you know opportunity and I've met a lot of people and I've learned a lot of things that I could definitely benefit working with kids, especially in Canada, you know, um, helping them with that opportunity if it prevents itself. Like I've gone through a lot of things. I know a lot of stuff about it. I've been asked before playing for the national team as well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I have a lot of people that I know. So Mm -hmm. I like kids. I like working with kids. So we'll see, but right now I'm kind of just chilling. Um, I got the opportunity to go to a couple of blue Jays games and it was nice to like sit in the stands and just chill. And like, you know, for some of the guys, you know, I know pretty much the whole team still like Mm -hmm. Bo, Vladdy, Reese McGuire, Dan, like you name it. I know pretty much all of them. And it was cool to see it from that perspective and also like them getting so close and to making the playoffs, which obviously sucks for them. But, um, you know, it is what it is. They got, they got a good team moving forward. And I think that they'll be pretty successful. And then just, uh, you know, it comes down to like the leadership of certain guys. Like I think that Bo and Vladdy need to take the next step and be leaders on that team because they're great players. Right. And they lead by example a lot, but it doesn't come down to how old you are. It just comes down to like, how you approach things, how you go about your business and guys will follow that. It doesn't even matter if you're 35 and he's 22, like people will follow that. Right. So exactly. Just laying the, the groundwork for being just a solid teammate and, you know, being like that glue, like that sort of David price mentality, whether or not you've been there for a few years or been there only for a day, like that's the kind of stuff that keeps clubhouses together. So, right. Right. So yeah. I'm looking forward to watching them at least, their journey because at the end of the day i'm still from mississauga and i'm always going to root for the jays doesn't matter if i'm there or not so i want to absolutely do well and i want to see them win and uh hopefully that they can get to the world series and do some good things you know because they got got an opportunity to do that 
take the uh, take the torch uh, from where you guys have left it. Uh, well, Dalton, I just want to say on behalf of all of us, man, thank you so much for dropping in on the show. It was an absolute pleasure uh, to be able to have you on. Uh, would definitely love to have you back on again as well, um, as I'm pretty sure I speak for everyone else on the show today. Absolutely, man. I really yeah. Enjoyed. Thank you, guys. Yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that about does it. That was Dalton Pompey, former Toronto Blue Jay. Um, man, just just a, a treat having him on the show. Um, I I was I was floored with the amount of uh, insights that he gave us, and even his relationship with uh, you know coaching staff and even some of the former players on the on the team. And uh, just great to have him on the show, and hope to have him back soon. Yeah, he was a treat. He uh, he was a pleasant surprise. I wasn't sure how much insight we were going to get from him, but uh, getting the scoop kind of on the behind the scenes stuff, and mm-hmm. I feel like we really get that when we get some of our uh, some of our guests lately. You yeah. always think you're just going to get the uh, the ESPN view of everything, but yeah. you, you get the behind the scenes. Every now and then and you get some you get some raw stuff, and it's yeah, and you get like you know how it's a, the business side of it, which is uh, always nice to hear. And yo, he hit me up after as well. He's just like, yo, let me know next time you're, you know, doing shows in Toronto and uh, come, come check him out. So uh, for sure, no way. Yeah, yeah, gonna be, gonna be hitting him up for that. So for, uh, for comedy, oh yeah, or... big time, big oh, time. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, man. You That's just, so you just sick. seem like a, like a, like a real fucking dude. So cheers, Dalton. Uh, great to have you on the yeah. show, and uh, would yeah, love to have you back. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, man. That's um, sick. Christmas, Christmas is, uh, Christmas is here. We're gonna enjoy the holidays. Any, any big plans for the holidays? Any of y'all? Uh, personally, no. This is gonna be year two that we're not doing anything, sadly. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah, we had. Yeah, it we is had what it. it is. You know what I mean? I guess we should just hop on and record an episode. <laughs> <laughs> just do like, yo, a, do you want to do that? Just yeah. do like a live unboxing of all of our gifts. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we race so it. sick. <laughs> Love it. it could be yo you uh, uh just as we were on the break there you uh you mentioned that you got yourself a little gift too yes, was yes, that for yes. christmas a little christmas gift of your own uh yeah sort of so we uh my mom and i went to my uncle's place for uh kind of like a little not christmas dinner but just we hadn't seen each other in a while so yeah um you know we just spent some time and i was telling my uncle about the podcast and he actually had no idea that we do this and uh <laughs> He was, yeah. just, well, like, um, just like every uncle or every he, yeah. <laughs> every every person yeah. over 40 has no idea what the fuck we're doing here. well it tur- turns out he uh he checked it out so um he yeah, really liked awesome. it and he gave me this uh this world series uh i guess it's like a it's like a scorebook but it's the fall classic from 1993 and this is like pre-internet right so it it gives like a little wrap-up on every team's season oh and wow. how they did oh that's it's so cool dude wow Unreal. Has, yeah man and wouldn't you know it my uncle and my grandpa went to the world series clinching game and Nuts. look what look what was Ooh, in the mag. Check that out. Look at those. Got the yeah. Chris Hicks right in there. The Don't let those go missing. Stubs. Wow. That's that awesome. is oh, a, yeah. That is just 1993 a... World Series champs. Ticket stubs. Wow. Fucking sick. Yeah. Then he just no, gave it to you. Right? He rented out to you on your library card. Yep. Oh wow. Game six. Yep. See if I hold this up. Cool. Damn. That is awesome. So cool. Man, I'm just I'm such a nut for yeah, some of that man. memorabilia. Like, man, that is that is so yeah, fucking dude. cool. 
Oh man. Like this is this stuff is priceless, you know what I mean? And to know they were actually at that game is just like insane. I I actually never knew that. So Man. Just just found that out. Oh, that's so sick. Well, he's got to listen to this yeah. episode then when we talk to Dalton. Absolutely. Yeah, that's definitely going to be it. And uh, man, that's so fucking cool. I would um, love to browse yeah, through that book just getting the scoop on the random teams. Come across so many oh, names. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Right. I haven't had a chance to really dive too deep, but... Uh, Maybe next episode I'll uh, I'll pick a fun little yeah or little just spot for bring it over next over time you come down to yeah uh, yeah, Studios, um, <laughs> the Jishalish Studios yeah <laughs> Studio E for Alish. Um, but that's uh, that, that's our episode. That's a wrap. We're gonna be uh, keeping uh, keeping episode nineteen on the wraps as well. Come uh, coming up with some new shit coming in down the pipe. Uh, but yeah, like uh, like Jesse's uncle. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, listen. Mm. Tell all your fucking uncles. We love uncles. Uh, <laughs> Bob is your uncle. Um, but yeah, no. Make sure you share and uh, and all that fun stuff. Uh, and I want to wish you guys a very merry Christmas. Hey, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Um, fucking love you, dudes. Love you guys out there. Uh, love you, you so- too, man. Man, just nothing but love all around. Um, and I hope you guys have a safe and happy holidays. Um, and uh, we'll talk to you in episode 19. Cheers, guys. Season's greetings, fuckers. <laughs>